Hey, everybody. My name is Sam Brace. I am the Senior Director of Customer Education and Community, and you are about to watch and be part of the latest Dev Jams episode. So in this episode, we are going to be talking with John Riley. And John, he is a developer that's typically been doing lots of things in the open source space. He's tied to software engineering. He's done some great stuff for his overall brand, understanding what he's doing in the development space, sharing his learnings with people on his personal website. And what we're going to be talking about today is work that he's done with a platform called Docusaurus, which is a great way to be able to create sites, which is a React-based site generator. And a lot of companies are moving to it for showcasing your documentation and being able to build that in quick ways. But what he's been able to do is create a plugin with Rehype and be able to incorporate Cloudinary into his overall Docusaurus presence. So this is a way that he can start being able to deliver all the images through Cloudinary. So that way they're optimized. They're also delivered through the content delivery networks that we work with and many other amazing things. And John, of course, is one of many that we've profiled on this overall Dev Jam podcast, which is where we talk with developers who are doing inspiring, innovative, interesting things with overall development. And of course, probably tied to images and videos because they're going to be using Cloudinary for those. That's why we're here. So joining me for this episode is Jen Brisman. She is a technical curriculum engineer at Cloudinary and a prize team member of my team. So Jen, welcome to have you to the program and talk a little bit with John. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> so Jen, talk to me about why you think this is going to be a good program. Tell me about why you're excited to talk to John today. I'm excited to talk to John because he's using Cloudinary in a, a pretty simple way, but it's a way that I found to be really creative and it's not one that I've seen very often. So I think this is an episode where it's not such a specific use case. So many people can watch this and take their learnings and apply it to what they're doing. So I think this will be a really helpful episode. I agree. I agree. And this isn't the first time we've dived into Markdown and to Rehype yeah. and some of the concepts that we've covered and we'll cover in this episode. But it is to say there's a reason why we're covering it again, because Markdown continues to be an amazing thing for people to be able to do to be able to author HTML and be able to work with it in certain ways. Rehype is an excellent way to be able to start handling a lot of the processing parts of it. And Docusaurus seems to be one of the more interesting up-and-coming products that I'm seeing in the overall space because it does make publishing so lightweight. So it is to say that there's a lot of cool things that he's going to be doing with Cloudinary, as you're saying, ne not necessarily pushing the edges and boundaries of what our product can be doing, but it is making content authoring and content publication much more simple because... I think with the techniques that John's showing, it's going to make it that much easier for people to really focus on the content and not mm -hmm. focus on necessarily optimizing every single thing in a manual way. Just set it, forget it, it's done. It makes it simple. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's really just um, hard coding in using Cloudinary um, as the domain. And, and I, I just hadn't seen that before. So I know I don't want to spoil anything. I know we'll get to it, but I'm, I'm really excited to welcome John to the well, episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so one thing to point out before we jump into our conversation with John, of course, is that this is not the first time that we are doing our Dev Jams podcast. In fact, we've been doing this for many years now. And you can see all of the great content that we put out with developers like John and many others 
at cloudinary.com slash podcast, as you can see on the screen here. So simply going through, you can go through all of the various archives of the content that Cloudinary provides in the podcast space. And if you want to continue discussions and meet with developers like John, who are active members in our Cloudinary community, well, you just pop on over to the Cloudinary community. And that's going to be at community.cloudinary.com for you to be part of all those discussions. So you can ask questions, get to meet new people that are probably dealing with similar things that you are, which is working with images and videos and digital media. So we recommend those two spaces. If this is starting to tickle your interest a little bit, some of the things that me and Jen are talking about today. So without further ado, unless Jen, do you have anything else before I pop over to our friend John here? No, no, we, we, we've been building it up so well. John, we're ready Perfect. for you. Excellent. John, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you very much. Hi. Hi, John. John, good to see you. Good to see you. So, John, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mentioned open source. I mentioned software. I mentioned plugin development. But, of course, those are just little parts of the overall, probably, story that you have. So, tell us a little bit about John. Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, my name is John. I I'm a software developer. Uh, I live in uh, in London. Um, I work for, for Investec, which is a uh, bank. We do some pretty cool tech um, and I, uh, I've worked in, in open source for like probably more, more than 10 years now, I'd say. Um, and a lot of what I've done has been like around, uh, like the language TypeScript. Uh, I was, I was a very like earlier adopter there and, um, like I've worked on a number of projects there that are particularly, uh, have, have been, have been useful as part of the TypeScript's journey, like definitely typed and, and TS loader, which brings together like Webpack and, uh, TypeScript and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, one thing that I started doing also, like kind of around at the same time that I started, um, uh, like open sourcing was I started, uh, blogging and, um, like originally I started using, um, uh, Blogspot, which was like having Google's like a blog platform, which was, which was out there and like, it was super easy to use. And I used that quite happily for like many, many years. Um, but actually like interesting, probably influenced by some of the stuff that we've been doing, uh, Investec, which was like, we were a very infrastructure as Cody type place. Um, I, I was doing like infrastructure as coded, like my day job and my blog was still this, like, um, uh, just like HTML on someone else's website. And I was like, I should own my own content. And, um, uh, so I, I had this, and also I, I'd, I'd really got into like, like Markdown, like the years of like down the open source minds, not that I, 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 like I wrote like, like Markdown, like a native, like better than I wrote anything else. And so it was just like, it was the obvious for me for waiting me to write stuff. And, um. So I started like reaching around, looking for, uh, for a way that I could, uh, take, take, uh, take, take my stuff and, uh, move it like literally into code. And there was lots of things like around at that particular time that seemed to be like filling that gap. Um, and, uh, but the thing that was like most notable was, was Docusaurus, um, partly because like, it, it, like it fitted like really well. Um, but also because like, oh, I, I looked at it was like, wait a minute, I've seen this before. Um, I've seen like lots and lots of docusaurus sites like out there. Um, and you realize that just like tons and tons of like sites that you know and use, like, um, let's say temporal uh, site, for instance, uh, they're built using docusaurus because it's a very simple, um, tool that allows you to build, uh, it was originally designed for the, for the purposes of documentation. It comes out of like Facebook out of meta, like it was built there as like an internal doc store, but it kind of like evolved and became more. And the reason I got interested in was it because it has like a blog component to it and, and that mechanism just like works really, really well. So lots of people use it like for that as well. Um, so yeah, so I started using, uh, like Docusaurus and, um, although like a personal rule for myself for like many years, I was like, I will not, I'll just focus on things that I'm writing about 
I won't like fiddle with the, the mechanism of writing it. Like I couldn't resist it. And uh, like I, I've, I've fiddled with, with, with Docusaurus as it were. I've, I've contributed a, like a, a, like a number of things, um, back to, uh, to back to Docusaurus. I've written, so the thing that we're going to talk about today, like plugins for Docusaurus, which are, which are useful and I use like, uh, on, on my book. When I think yeah. it, it makes sense what you, what you, how you came to DocuSource based on what you're describing. And it also makes sense why you're using Blogspot probably at the very beginning. I feel like we've all gone through that journey where we started a blogger or we started a Blogspot or we started a WordPress or we started it. And then we find that maybe that worked, but maybe it's also where we found something that fits us more personally. And mm-hmm. as someone that is an open source contributor, to your point, like, if you have the ability to do pull requests and contribute to the growth of something, that seems to fit who John is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes perfect sense why you would land on that as your platform for blogging and brand presence. And once again, very astute, you should own your own brand. <laughs> because if suddenly Google or WordPress decides to take something up or down, then it doesn't matter because you still own your domain. So I think there's a lot of wonderful aspects to what you just described there. Now, one thing I did want to ask you about with this, with Docusaurus, was from a from a developer side of things or a programming side of things, is there anything that really stood out to say, this is why I should use Docusaurus? Because in my research of it, of course, it's React-based. As you mentioned, it was coming out of some of the work that was coming from Meta, which makes sense, as React did too. But was there anything that kind of tickled your brain when you're saying, oh, that's why I should be looking at it, particularly other than just the open source nature of Orbit, the temporal usage that you mentioned earlier? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because, um, like I was intentionally like not looking, like I never planned to do any playing with it at all. Like I was, my plan was, I want to use a thing that will just like allow me to write marks down. That was my goal. I want to, I want to write mark down and I want to be pretty because I'm, I can't make things pretty. I don't have that in my wheelhouse. So I need something that will look good, like from default. And uh, this, this, this looked good and it allowed me to write mark down. And that was like the. Like the way that like the, um, uh, that it was set up by default was like super straightforward. Like it's just text files on disk, like in folders. So, like, there's not much to it. Like it technically, like it's probably someone who has like some like engineering smarts is going to be using DocuSaurus, but it really, really you don't need to like, like vanilla, like, um, DocuSaurus and just text files and, and you're off to the races. You have a, a website that looks great. that looks presentable. That is easy to maintain, um, uh, I, those are the things that I was looking for. It was kind of a surprise to me that, uh, that, um, that I, I ended up like digging into it and contributing like back to it. And I gotta tell you, I mean, you, you can see on my screen, it looks great. It's if, if this is how, if this is vanilla docusaurus, <laughs> like without a lot of work, it's Pretty clean, much. it's easy to read. It, and, and, it, and if it makes publishing fantastic for you, then it's a fantastic tool. So I think this is really, really nice. And you can see here, your domain presence is for everybody in case they're like, oh, wait, where do I go? Just to make sure we're, we're clear, everything we're going to be talking about is tied to your domain, which is johnnyreilly.com. So if people are following along or if you want to see it in the post, this is where everything's going to be based at. All right. So, okay. So I'm looking at this. So we've chosen Docusaurus. Markdown, that's something that would be good for us to unpack a little bit. So why was Markdown so important to you in the publishing process? Because Obviously, in my opinion, as we've said, Markdown is an easy, fast way to be able to author content because of just the way that it works with HTML. It, it's based, and it also makes sure that, in my opinion, one of the biggest reasons I like it is it makes sure that things are very modular because Markdown is here. It's the same Markdown there. So you can pick it up, move it. It's going to work. So if you ever decided to move things out of DocuSaurus for some reason, it's still Markdown. So it's a huge benefit to it. 
But what was the reasonings why you said, because of Markdown, this is why I chose DocuSaurus? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So I think it's slightly like two things. And like one of those things, one of those things is I just like Markdown. Like, like it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, think I, I like it, I know it, and it's, and it's simple. I like the, the other thing is, um, uh, like, I feel like it was like a Douglas Adams, like quote or story or something like that. Like, um, but he was talking about like how, like one of the things that like slowed him down in life was, was like the, the invention of the word process processor, um, because he like, <laughs> like loved like, um, like technical things. And, um, but previously he only had like a typewriter. So he was hammered away on his, on his typewriter and all he's got, all, all he's got is like, you know, um, key presses and, and ink on paper. That's, that's all he has. Like just, just the keys that he can press. And now he's got like a word processor and it's all these, all these options in front of him. He can have for, he can have like line breaks. He can have like, which font do you use and what size font? And maybe it'll be bold and maybe it'll be underlined and all these are just options. Like you're blinded by options and options are actually constraints are actually a really, really useful thing because they allow you to focus on, on, on doing something. And, um, Markdown is, is, is constraints. Markdown, like you've got, like, you can have text, you can have something like five or six types of headings. You can have bold, you can have, uh, italic, um, you can have strike through and like not much more to be honest. Like there's very little that you can do with that. And it's like, a, like a personal rule I, I, like I had around writing generally was that you want to remove all the things that like distract, like from you, you want to, um, just be able to focus on doing the thing that you're doing. And if you have like options, you're gonna explore those options. And you're actually going to do the thing that you really wanted to do in the first place. So like markdown is a, is a great way to make sure that that, that doesn't happen. Like you're working like just on doing the thing that, that you want to do. And that will hopefully mean that you're, you're productive, right? You're actually writing a blog post rather than thinking about like the way that you write a blog post and the CSS that you can apply all of these things. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. I mean, as somebody who has young parents, I'm always a big believer in limiting the amount of choices that I provide to my kids. <laughs> so like if I wanted them to choose between, let's say a quesadilla or pizza, I'm only going to give them those two, but, but I give them like a whole menu, they become overwhelmed. It's, it's, mm. it's actually less than comforting. And yeah. then of course, then no decisions are made. So I think to your point, like if you have a limited set of things that are possible, um, it allows you to focus on the tool and make it really, really good and focus on, as we said earlier, focus on the content, not the tool, not the tactics. So I think it makes tons of sense why everything is aligning the way that it is. The story is making sense. Yeah, not only is this a great metaphor for life, but this is also something that, John, you have in common with a lot of developers is um, go for the easiest, most simple way to do things. And it seems like that's the way that you found DocuSaurus. And that might be part of the way that you found Cloudinary. Um, and that seems like uh, that's also the way that you like Mark. So, John, I'm interested. So can, we've talked about DocuSaurus and I'm anticipating there's a world where now you've signed up, you've got everything running with your DocuSaurus site. There is a, a period here, though. Cloudinary is not here yet. So how does Cloudinary yeah. get introduced? How does Cloudinary get be brought into this overall process? Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely a fiddler. And, um, so <laughs> like, yeah, so I'm always like noodling around on, on, on something. And, um, I really like optimizing stuff. Like I really like taking a thing and seeing how I make it like slightly better. Um, 
because then it's like better for everyone. And, yeah. um, I had my, my blog going and it was working. It was fine. And lighthouse scores, like was a possibility. It's like lighthouse scores for those that don't know it's uh, lighthouses. It's all this, um, I think it originally comes out of Google. It's certainly built into Chrome and it allows you to like evaluate, um, like how your website uh, is doing along with various like metrics. Like it tells you how you're doing for like SEO, it tells you how you're doing for like accessibility, it tells you how you're doing for like performance and like other things too, that I can't always remember. Yeah. Of course. Um, and I'd plugged, uh, light, I, I, I've been running my, um, lighthouse against my blog, like here and there, and like looking at the numbers that's quite interesting. And I worked out a way to get, um, lighthouse running on my blog every time I, um, uh, I made a pull request. So actually I should back up a little bit further. So my blog actually wasn't originally hosted on, um, I mean, it was originally when I went to, to Docusaurus, I was using GitHub pages, which is like the built-in like hosting mechanism that exists on, on GitHub and it's great. You got like this free website basically. And I thought I was using that initially and I, I really liked it. Um, and then I became aware that like, um, I would make a change and, um, I'd see that change like locally, but sometimes the, there might be a difference between like what it was like locally when it was deployed. And I, I thought it would be nice to see what it was like deployed before it was deployed. Um, and their Netlify, uh, were out there and to offer various like jam stacky things. And they had, uh, like, uh, like a mechanism called deploy previews, I think and I was, mm -hmm. for a while I, I used that and I really liked it. And what, what happened with deploy previews was that, um, every time you, uh, every time you submitted a pull request, it would automatically generate a new version of your site and put a preview link in one of the comments and you could click on that, um. You click on that preview link and you can see your site and you go, oh yeah, okay. It looks like that. It looks like this works like this. Uh, I'm happy or not. Uh, and then make a judgment call as to whether you're going to like merge that pull request. And that was like, just like a really, really like nice, nice thing. I like that a lot. Um, and like time went by and, but I didn't, I didn't like, I wasn't using Netlify to host my thing. I was using GitHub pages to, to do it. And, um, uh, and I think Netlify was quite expensive. Um. So I landed on using uh, Azure Static Web Apps, um, which is an offering that uh, comes out of Microsoft and is kind of very similar to, to lots of the things that like Netlify do. It's basically a static web app. Sorry, I just said that it's... You're good, you're good. I saw it. It's HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, right? That, that's, that's what it is, and, it's, um, and, and, it, and it works really well. And um, I started using that, and one of the reasons I started using that was because like, it worked really well and I quite liked it. But also it had like the equivalence to, to Netlify deploy previews. And I can never really remember the name. I think it's called staging environments or something like that, but it was, it's the same deal, right? You'd make, you change, uh, your code, you raise a pull request, um, and on that pull request automatically in the background, um, a, um, an environment would be created and blam, you get the link, you click it, you can go look at it. It's like, great. And now I've got, uh, this, this mechanism that's working and it's working. I'm hosting using static web apps and I'm doing a deploy previews using static web apps. Uh, so I've, I've got these two things like in, like in tandem or with that in place that like it was like, well, now extra things are possible now that I've got that in place. Uh, and that's when I, I plugged, um, like lighthouse in there and I was immediately dismayed because the numbers were low, um, for, um, uh, for like for my performance. I mean, like, I was good on like most of the scores, but the, the, the performance one was, I was just like less good at and, um. And this got me thinking about like, how can I, how can I make those numbers better? Cause every time you submit a pull request, you see the numbers and it's like, oh, I want that to be less orange or less red. I want it to be closer to green. And, uh, so yeah, I, that's, that's, that's the thing that started me sort of like in the, in the direction of, um, 
of like ways to tweak that. And like initially I was, hey, I'm going to, um, I'm going to like manually like uh, take each image and I'm going to optimize them, which is very, very boring. Um, uh, but I did that for a while. And, uh, and then I, yeah, I got a mechanism for like making images, like, like someone will optimize. I scripted something, which was, which was quite good. Um, but it was, uh, I was also getting like, you know, I was getting improved scores, but like not amazing scores. And, um, I, it then, it then occurred to me that the cloud which I had used in the past for like different things was there. Oh no, it wasn't there. So, um, uh, a friend, um, uh, Howard, Damn it! Sorry, Howard. Copy his name. Uh, is behind uh, Azure Weekly. Works for Engine. Um, Founders of Engine. He was uh, telling us how they were using um, uh, they were using Cloudinary for, for their images, but for, for the for the uh, uh, for the Engine blog, I think. Um, and that got me thinking. Oh wait a minute! That's I've I've used I've used that before and for, for other stuff. And I uh, yeah, I just got started reading up on it. And uh, and the more I read about it, um, uh, it was very obvious that there was possibly a very straightforward way to plug into it. Um, uh, and well, it felt like there was a possibility there, which I, which I dug into. And, and that's what ended up with me, um, like starting to use, um, starting to use Cloudinary like, for my blog. I love it. I love it. And, and I think it, it makes perfect sense because that is a main reason that people do come to Cloudinary, at least it's one of the main reasons is that they're looking at ways to optimizing their website, making strings load, loading quickly. And sometimes that is tied to Lighthouse. Sometimes that's tied to Core Web Vitals, essentially indicators that are telling people this is how good the user experience is on your overall page. And by making sure that, yeah, you're, you're tweaking, you're trying to get things to go right. But it's also to make sure that when people are going to your blog and reading a post, they want to have an optimal experience. They don't want it where there's something slowly loading through because you decided to put a three megabyte image in there and you're not sure why the scores are low. So it, it allows for that to take place. It, it absolutely makes sense to me. Yeah, I'll, now, be on my, I'll be on my phone, like on, on a bus or something sometimes. And I'd like go to my own site to check a thing that I'd like written up. Oh, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> right. You need to know that experience. Oh, yeah. Everybody's had that experience. Really, you're suddenly surprised about the how. It was beautiful on the desktop and everything loads so quickly on my amazingly fast internet. And then, yeah, you're now out and about and you're like, this is not optimal. So yeah. I, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. But you did this. You did this. Uh -huh. It's your fault. Exactly. I know. I totally know what you're saying. What's it in me? Okay. So we know the reasoning now. So you have this pain point that's happened. You're saying, okay, I want a better Lighthouse score. I want a better user experience is coming through. So you're seeing Cloudinary as a solution here. What I am very intrigued by is how you went about this because you created a plugin with Rehype or for Rehype, or I'm not sure exactly the right way to phrase it, but essentially a Rehype plugin that is going about the process and adding all of these to your Cloudinary account, images that you're working with on your DocuSource side of things and making sure they're delivered with our CDNs that we work with and also applying some optimizations too. So how did you start the plugin process? Why, or even why did you start the plugin process this way? Sure. So the, the reason like why, like I got the idea in the first place was because there's like Cloudy is just like a ridiculously nice API for like, uh, for, for doing this, which is, um, and you'll probably know the proper name. I, I, I don't Maybe it's called the fetch API or something like that, but like, which, yep. but it's like, um, Here's the thing. You've got like an image URL, um, and you can just like basically prefix your image URL with a like Cloudinary, uh, 
CDN something uh, type like prefix, uh, like that's it, you're done, it works. Like you, you uh, like when you, when you do that, you get um uh, like uh, like what happens is the request like sneaks off to um uh, to, to Cloudinary and like behind the scenes Cloudinary is going to pick up the image from your site, it's going to optimize it and serve it. And that first time, I'm guessing there's probably like some kind of like slowness because it's doing that 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 hit for the first time. But after that, like you're off to the races, you've got this like optimized images going to all of your your clients and it's just like it's just fast and like the the simplicity of just like plugging that in was just like really really attracted me so because like, like, i'd imagined um maybe howard told me this is how it works in the first place um but the like i'd imagined that if i was going to do something like this what we probably need to do is going to suck i'm going to write some kind of script that crawls my my blog post finds all the images i'm gonna have to like some kind of mechanism that uploads the images to the thing, and then I'm going to have to go back through the the site and I have to change all the references. And I was like, that was I was open to that as an option, like incidentally. Um, but it was like, um, you said that to be way simpler. I didn't have to do that. Um, I can just instead like flip a URL and I'm done. Um, so the simplicity of like knowing that I could do that made me start like fiddling with like um uh, like Docusaurus and looking into like like is it possible that that I could do that? It's like um. I didn't, I don't think I necessarily knew at that point how, how that portion of DocuSource like works. Um, like I knew that it, you, you, you could put in mark down this side and out this side comes like HTML. I wasn't totally sure, like, like I was in between. Um, and like, as, as I had a little like read around and like, and chatted to the, uh, to the, uh, the people who work on the project a bit, um, like it turns out that it, it's, it's kind of like this and I might get this in the wrong order. I'll try not to. Um, Docusaurus takes um, Markdown and uh, it uses a mechanism called Remark plugins and uh, and that converts the uh, that, that takes the, the Markdown I think and converts sorry it takes uh, the Markdown and converts it into, into HTML I think and then well, uh, or JSX as well and then you've got um, that and you've got these two places that, like the the Remark step and the Rehype step and in both places you've got the ability to like hook in and DocuSource like allows like it exposes those 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 hook points as it were and in fact it uses those itself to to, to build itself and so i exactly that as so i was um looking at this like i was like so i've got this like remark like hook in place and i've got this like rehype hook, hook, uh, hook in place i wonder if i can can use this and um like the initial thought was like okay well maybe i'd maybe I'd do it with like remark because that's where my images are and it's like like super simple to go with but actually it turned out that um the rehype was the uh, was the uh, like the more obvious choice because that's like closer to the image um, uh, generation point of view because um, like don't want to jump too far ahead. Uh, so the way that the uh, you ended up handling like the images is that you would you end up with this. Um, I'm probably going to get into the code. Uh, you you end up with like walking through every like node um, inside the HTML. Every every like um. Uh, tag, HTML tag, whatever it is that, that comes through. And some of those are like image tags, which are obviously images. Um, but some of those are, 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 are JSX tags. And those JSX tags are like React things. And inside the JSX, you have to do a little bit of like parsing inside there to discover uh, like the image that sits inside the JSX. And you have to you have to swap it there as well as in the image things. So you've got like two places where you've got to do the, um, the swapping. And um, because... Um, uh, because DocuSaurus, um, like it, it, it allows you to do uh, like Markdown, but also if you if you want to like, break out and do something like JSX, that's you're off to, you're, you're fine. You can do that too. Like this mechanism made more sense in the context of like rehype because it would cater for for both uh, for both mechanisms. I think so. I think regardless of whether you're using um, 
Markdown or, or JSX. I think both of these things ends up uh, playing, playing through that. Which is fantastic. And I mean, the end result, you, as you can see here, so this is the title image of the post that went through this. And you can see some of the things that you talked about. Like if you look at the overall URL that was generated from Cloudinary, you can see it is using that fetch, fetch method here. Yes. And what you would see, like, let's say you just had uploaded this to your Cloudinary account. Of course, that would say upload in this case. So it's really tied to the overall delivery. So this is fetch delivery that we're showing you here. So to your point, it has exists somewhere else, and then we're porting it through with Fetch. So that way, then we're able to apply all the various transformations. And you can see exactly where it was coming from in the first place, which is from your domain, the assets images, this is your title, and to be rerouted to Cloudinary, and then, of course, delivered through Cloudinary in this overall process. So, and this is all done through the magic of the plugin that you did, which is fantastic because as, as we're big believers of, Jen can attest to this. We're big believers of you should set it and forget it, meaning that you should allow all the automation, all of the behind the scenes to do the behind the scenes stuff. And this is doing that where you, when you publish something to your overall presence via Docusaurus, it makes sure it's doing all of this work behind the scenes for you. So this is great to see. Yeah. Um, I think the image that you're looking at there, Sam, like if, that's a PNG, I think. And I think that one of the things that you get with Cloudinary, one of the things that I uh, quite liked about it was that it would take your your PNG and it would turn it into something that was like more optimal for for the clients. Um, like it may possibly even does it depending on the type of client. I'm not even sure. Uh, oh, but like yeah. Well, and 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 very astute what you're showing here. Um, so let me see if I can show my screen on that real fast because you're you're dead on. So what we are showing you here is I'm going to quickly bring over a little bit of a behind the scenes here. So you can see in this case, this is using what we call Cloudinary's Media Optimizer, or not about Inspector, Cloudinary Media Inspector. And it's just a quick Chrome tab that I can be able to click on. So I pull this up and it gives me all these details. And as you can see here, yes, you're, you're serving this as a PNG originally, where, where you're delivering, you're, this is a PNG originally. And Cloudinary is serving this as an AVIF which hmm. is an AVIF file, which is pretty cutting edge stuff. Um, but Chrome can deliver that. And the reason why that's happening is, of course, this little guy right here, F-Auto, which is indicating automatic format. So what it's saying is serve it through our server here. So you can see it's choosing Fastly in this case. So it's coming from the Fastly CDN. And in this situation, then it's coming through as an AVIF. And if we just do a little bit of comparison than ever before, I am 100% sure that our PNG originally is much larger than the 17.82 kilobytes that is being served as today, thanks to F-Auto. And as you can see, if someone knows Cloudinary transformations the way that me and Jen do, um, maybe not, but it is to say that there's no resizing happening. This is the original size of the image. You're not, you're, you're not cropping it. You're not changing the width. You're not changing the height. So essentially you're taking an original image and you're mm -hmm. saying, all I'm doing is applying the F auto, the Q auto. There is a W auto that's here. So that's meant for resizing purposes in responsive situation, but we're serving this image as is against my size. So it's just serving it as its original. There's no changes there. And same situation with DPR is going to be dependent there, but it is ultimately to say a lot of optimization is happening just with this transformation set you have. And then it's not even where you had to upload them all to a new location and do a migration. 
everything's kept with your Johnny Riley um, overall space. Mm-hmm. So everything can still live within your domains and your overall path that you have of assets, images there. So a lot of good just things are happening add, right here behind the scenes. And just to add to something Sam said, the image is actually a smaller bite size, but it's not like made to be um, visually smaller. Right. Um, so yeah, it's optimized. But um, I have a question for you, John. So basically, as we know, Cloudinary is going to fetch the image from the original source and serve it to you. And in this case, as we've just looked at optimized, but happen to know something about you, something that you've said in another blog, which is that you're more of a fetch guy. You, you are a self-proclaimed fetch guy. Um, so you like fetch. Um, so this is, uh, you, you said this in a blog just about a month ago, uh, another blog about Cloudinary, where um, you were comparing to someone else's blog and you wanted to be able to do it with the fetch. Possibly, like, yeah, quite possibly. Uh, uh, yeah, very, very possibly. Um, do you know which, which post it was? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, so it is, um, let me find it here. It's um, uploading images to Cloudinary with fetch. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't as recently it was actually a while ago but it was yes. in March, a couple of years ago yes this um, was yeah, this was because you... this, this is this is um i got the name confused yeah so this is the this is the first time that i used um cloudinary i think for that one yeah and um that one i gosh it was uh, some years ago actually uh, and yeah. with that one i was using the fetch api in the browser to upload so yeah it, it was um i was using the fetch api in the browser to, to do an uploads to um and i yeah i think maybe even when i wrote that post like the fetch api was still felt relatively new or something like it hasn't been around for like forever as it were uh, i do so yeah so prior to like fetch there was what the xml http what's it um thing horrible okay. uh, fetch is just a very nice api um but yeah i i I don't know if the if the fetch in Cloudinary like has like a, a relationship to the fetch in the browser APIs or not, or it may, it may be that they are related things or the, or they're different things. I don't know with similar names. Well, the reason I ask is because um, we don't see ton. I mean, people use Cloudinary in various ways, but the mm. way that you're using it is very fetch specific. And when we get into the code and mm. in, in just a moment, we'll see that you hard coded in that it's a fetch, and that's part of. So I was going to ask, is part of the reason you chose Cloudinary? because you wanted to be able to fetch the images or is that just like kind of the way you started using Cloudinary and that's how you always thought of Cloudinary? Oh, no, it's, it's more like, um, cause like I'd, um, I'd imagined when, when I was thinking about this in the first place that I would probably be, be using the fetch API in the browser to do uploads, uh, like, like to Cloudinary or have some kind of like script that would be doing it. Um, yeah. and, but the thing that would, the thing that would vaguely niggle slash worry me about that is like, what if I'd fail to upload something like properly and yeah. the idea of it not being my responsibility, I just hand it over to like Cloud and say, Hey, you go, you go find it for me. Like that meant yeah. that, um, like I thought, <laughs> I thought Cloud there would probably do a better job of that than I would necessarily. So I, I had like greater trust in it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, let's take a look at the code and see how you made this all work. Sure. Should I share my screen? Yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely. Oh, cool. Uh, let me know if I need to change sizes, and I will certainly do that. Sure. Uh, share screen. Okay. So, all right. Hopefully, I can see um, uh, see my screen here, and this is um, this here is the uh, where we might my, my yes, yeah, so all, all Docusaurus. Um, all Docusaurus sites have um, like a Docusaurus config file, 
which is like, just as the name suggests, the way that you configure it. And so we've started here inside, um, uh, inside my blog, um, and we're going, uh, we're importing the, the plugin that I ended up publishing, uh, uh to do this. Uh, in actual fact, if we look at the, uh, like the website uh, itself, you will see that, um, it started out slightly differently, but shall I show you the code of the plug? Sorry. So I ended up publishing a plugin, but before I did that, I had this like an inline file that, that okay. sat like inside the blog post before I was like certain this is like the useful thing. And I've got like a one like that uh, in place right now. So this is a different, uh, rehype plugin that I wrote that just lives like locally inside my blog. And a thing you can see that's significant about this, this uses, um, uh, JS doc, which is like, uh, like TypeScript, but in, in the form of like, um, uh, JavaScript, uh, comments. And that's the code looks slightly different. So you'll see down at the bottom, we've got like a module exports and, uh, you'll see that we're using, um, these, these funky comment things, which have like types hidden inside them, but this is actually like vanilla JavaScript. And that's how the plugin started out. And if you look at the blog post, um, that, um, that is associated with this, you'll see if I tab over to this guy here, um, you'll see inside here that I'm like, this is, this is what I'm building here. This is like a JSX. This is, um, uh, this is that, uh, but when it came to, um, to deciding that the thing that I'd written in the context uh, of a blog post, um, was like, okay, this is, this is a useful thing. I flipped over and I decided to use, um, to, to write a plugin and, and publish that plugin. So let me go back to here and actually let's do it inside, uh, Chrome itself. So if I go to, um, to the plugin here, and I'm definitely going to change the size on this because this is not going to be big enough for you. So it's plus that. There you go. Uh, and it's mega simple. It's like one file, um, like this, this guy here, actually a couple of files, et cetera. Um, index.ts, like here's the root. Obviously there's like not much in there. Not very exciting. Uh, by the way, is this big enough for you? Um, before I start talking. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so it looks great. Awesome. Um, cool. So the actual like guts of it tests, yay. Uh, inside the plugin here, um, we, we import a type, our, um, our image or JSX node data. Um, but the actual like guts of it, it is this. So this is what's called a, a transformer, a, um, a rehype, um, uh, transformer. And this thing is, is exercised again and again, um, as, as, um, uh, as docusaurus, like walks the tree of your, of your nodes, basically. Wow. And so this code here, like, like invokes uh, a cloud name and this cloud name, by the way, is, um, that's kind of like the name of your account, um, on, uh, on, on a uh, cloud mirror. So in my case, it is pre which has been my, my, uh, my, my mother-in-law's uh, maiden name. Um, and, um, but for reasons and the base URL of, of, of your website. So in my case, that's, uh, that's johnnyroyley.com. Um, and then every time it comes through, it exercises this, this visit mechanism for, um, for our little visitor down here. So you see, we're creating, uh, we've got a visitor factory here, which we, which we make our visitor. And then we invoke that visitor, uh, on each of the, the elements that comes through. And we're interested in like a subset of things being potentially transformed. So we want elements to be transformed and that's like, you know, like an, an image tag or, um, or, or, or paragraph tag or something like that. Um, obviously we're interested in, interested in transforming the, um, uh, the images, but we'll, we'll, we'll filter down to that later on. And JSX also. So these are the two things that we, we're going to play with. So now we get to the actual, like where things like, um, happen. So here's the, um, 
This is the factory that we invoked above, and this is the thing that it makes. And it makes this visitor. So the visitor uh, is going to be hit like again and again and again with a different node each time. And um, it's going to look at that node and it's going to say, well, okay, if you're an element um, uh, and if you're an image and you've got some properties, then we're, we're kind of interested in, in doing something with you. Okay. So this is like, um, this is the equivalent of like, you know, a typical, you know, open curly, open uh, angle bracket, is it? No. Uh, it's, it's an image tag. Um, yes. And I can never remember, you know, which one it you're is. Good, you're good. Thank you. Um, so it looks at this, uh, this image tag that it's got. Uh, and it says, okay, uh, here's the, uh, here's the, the SRC, the, the, the URL basically of the, of the image. And we're going to take that and you can see how simple like using like Cloudinary is here. Cause all I'm doing is I'm, I'm literally hard coding here, uh, rescloudinary.com cloud name, in my case, pre on the spade name. Um, uh, and here's the, the transformations that are applied and then the URL of the image itself. So it's like, it's just string concatenation. Like it's, it's no more than that. Like it's way simple. And this is what happens for, for image tags. And it's kind of the same thing that happens for JSX. It just looks a little bit nastier because JSX is a bit more complicated. So if we step down here, uh, we're going to see the same thing happen, but, um, uh, essentially, whereas we're dealing with a nice clean sort of like structure here, it's just like type elements, tag name, image, property source inside here, we end up with, um, like a, a type of JSX and Inside here, you know, here's what, what the thing actually looks like. As you see, there's like lots of things in there. So we end up doing a little bit of like um, regex um, uh, to, to, to work out like where the image is inside there. And if we find a match, then we, um, uh, we just uh, update, we do like, you know, node value replace, and we replace the, um, uh, the source thing that we've looked up with, again, the same thing here. So we've got the same thing that we're doing here down here, it's just a little bit like noisier because it's in the context of, uh, of JSX. But like, don't think about that too much. It's just string concatenation. That's all that's happening. And this, this is, is like, that's the end of the code, really. Thank yeah, you. very, very eloquent. And I mean, it's very understandable what you're doing here because now you're bringing in the cloud name, which of course is your variable. You have your base URL, which is your variable. Everything else, Jen, to your point, you've hard-coded in the resource type, you know, it's always going to be an image. You know, you're always going to be fetching it. You're always going to apply these transformations. So there's no reason for any of that to be variables in any way. Um, so it's a pretty sustainable process. I mean, unless for some reason we stop doing F auto, which I can't imagine a world where that happens, then this is absolutely um, feature-proof too. So this is great. Yeah. And it's like, it's been like like zero maintenance for me in terms of like, like so I, I, mean, I maintain like a, a whole host of like open source projects and many of them require like, like a fair amount of like ongoing maintenance to keep them like up and running. This thing, like I built it, uh, like I created it off the back of like Josh Goldberg's um, uh, template TypeScript like thing. So I didn't have to think about that too much. Um, and like, I kind of haven't changed it that much since. Like it's, it's just there, it just works. It's just pretty nice. Um, I mean, I've written some tests for it, which um, uh, just to like, you know, just so I, I felt better about myself, but like um, <laughs> it's, um, I haven't done too much. I haven't done too much. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people do the same thing in a much more complicated way. So hats off to you for figuring out a really straightforward way to do this. So I wanted to ask you about, um, so as Sam said, you have hard-coded an image. Um, have you tried um, any other any other type, you know, video, or, or are you really not using video on your blog? So it's not necessary? Um, so I, that's interesting. Um, so I, I didn't know that you, you did anything with, with video. Um, and... 
I, I, I do have some videos on my site. So if you go to, you go to my blog, you will see like a yeah, small number of like talks that I've, uh, that I've done. Um, but there's not tons of them and they're all on YouTube. I don't know if that would have bearing on it. Um, and, um, yeah, but like, I, yeah, I don't do, I don't do tons with, with video at the moment. So yeah, not really. Um, but what, what do you do with, with video then? Like, um, like, does it, is there, do you, do you have that, do you call it like a CDN for YouTube or, um, this, well, this is a really fun, yeah. I was going to say, Sam can go into it more, but the really short and fun answer to what do you do with video is pretty much everything we do with images. Uh, so yeah, that's, okay. that's like the fun one sentence answer. You know, absolutely. And Jen's right about that. Like a good example is like those transformations that you're applying to mm. the images like F auto, Q auto, W auto. Those are all things we do for our overall videos too. So, so as an example, let's say that you're serving something as a um, MP4, but we see that it would be better as a WebM based on what that happens to be. Oh, so sure. There's yeah. things like that. Same thing with the quality side. Um, there's all sorts of fun things you, you can do, but um, a good example of why it would make sense for for actually for you to possibly use here, here and I'm sorry to point this out, John. Um, is this <laughs> guy here? This video unavailable watch on YouTube situation from the types of London product because I have to physically click in and go to it. And if if you were to say, oh great, I always have it, you know, delivered from all the CDNs that Cloudinary uses, it can, mm. it's reliable, it's dependable, it's using their video player. Um, yeah. it would prevent that from happening. Of course, you could always put a link there saying also watch it on YouTube because some people prefer that. Um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but it is to say it's something that's there. So anyway, a long story short, images and video are possible with Cloud yeah. Sure. By the way, if there are any YouTubers like watching, I'm pretty sure that we're looking at like a bug on YouTube. Like when I was uh, embedding these things here, like I decided to use the, like the, the privacy protecting option, which is like YouTube without cookies. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, if, if you look at the, the source of this thing, it's like, YouTube without cookies, but I, and I think if I use the YouTube with cookies, then like that that wouldn't happen. But I don't know. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, but I didn't say no. Others me. Others me. But uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely fine. So going back to the plugin. So yeah. now that we've seen the overall process that's taking place within the plugin, what I'd love to be able to walk through, if I can understand it correctly, is really when it comes to the authoring and publication process. Because yeah. you're writing these blog posts, as we've mm -hmm. talked about, set it, forget it. What does that actually look like in practice? Yeah, sure. So um, probably the easiest way to do that is, remember back earlier on, we were talking about um, like pull request previews. So if I write um, like a, a blog post, like that ends up being a pull request. And mm -hmm. um, so like, in this case, I've just um, I've just raised a pull request with just like a like a like a marginal change, and I think I've tweaked the, the readme file or something like that. Um, but what you get off the back of that is um, is this thing here. And actually, before we dive off to that, let's have a quick look at what um, what the code for this looks like. So I want you to see just how simple it is to like to author a blog using like Docusaurus. It's just yeah, way easy. So here's the the blog website um, in a blog folder, and you can see I've been blogging for quite a long time. Uh, but yeah, any one of these folders um, is um, like is a blog post, and uh, I thought I'd open up the one which is related to uh, uh, where is it? No, this one, this one. Hey, found it. Uh, oh, I did it on Boxing Day. Um, yeah, so this this is the blog post that we're that we're looking at um, uh, that I that I wrote in the first place, and all it is is this uh, this markdown file here. Um, this um, and there's a little you get a little front matter thing at the uh, at the top this thing here um which is just like has some like metadata basically around the blog post author 
tags, that kind of thing. Um, and you have the images that sit in the, uh, in the same folder. So these things, oops, that weird. Um, yeah, see so these images sit alongside here and, um, they're there and, uh, and they work. Um, and when you do the, uh, the pull request, uh, it spins up the version uh, of the websites for you and gives you a link, which I've got just here. And I happen to have opened this up like uh, previously. And if we go to this page here, you'll see here's my my delightful <laughs> GUID featuring URL. But this is the the, the um, preview uh, of the website, and this is the actual websites. And you see they look like identical, right? Yep. But they're actually not the, exactly the same thing because this guy here. Uh, the pull request preview doesn't use Cloudinary. The actual website does use Cloudinary. And the way that you can see that is, is like mega simple. And I don't know how this is, let's, if, if I need to zoom, then like, do tell me if I'm going to hit inspect, um, on this particular image and let's see if I can make this big enough by this, I think you can do command plus inside here. Let's find out. Hey. So you can see, um, yeah, I can make it plus plus. There's an art for this. I haven't quite learned. Um, so here's, um, here's our image. Um, yeah. this is our little uh, title image there, hero image, if you like. Um, and a couple of things to notice about it. The most important one being the source. So like it's looking, it's using a local image, this thing here. You can see it comes from the, from this domain, from the same domain that it's, um, uh, as the website uh, lives on. And it's just this, this, uh, PNG, not much to say about it. It's also like worth noting for just, uh, anyways, that it's got loading eager and fetch priority high. Those are just little cues that you can give to like, um, uh, to the, uh, to the browser so that it makes sure that it loads this image like fast, which gives you like better performance for like core web vitals and, and whatnot, mm -hmm. but significantly you've got, um, You've got the the image here and it's a local image. So if we now hold that in mind and, um, actually maybe hold the file size in mind. So it says it's like, um, 28 K there. I'm guessing that's going to be different when we go to the other one. Um, so we go to here and do the same thing and do inspect. And again, let's see if I can, oh, this is remember where I am. That's delightful. Uh, so now if we look at the, uh, the SRC, um, attribute, you'll see it's slightly different, right? So right. the, uh, the SLC attribute is, um, it's got Cloudinary, uh, prefixed in there and, uh, and the, uh, my, my mother-in-law's maiden name, um, and, uh, the various modifiers and behind that, uh, the image. And so it's not coming from my blog at all. This is coming from Cloudinary. And if you look at the, um, the file size, it's, uh, this is, uh, 18K. So compared to the other one, I think it was like around 28, 30K, something like that. So like, it's about like a, like two thirds of the size. So you, you're you're getting benefit there, uh, also. Um, so yeah, there's kind of like dual benefit here. Like one of which is like, there's limitations like in the browser. Um, it may actually be like less, uh, extreme these days. There's limitations in the browser, like the number of resources that you can get from a single website, a single time, like it's, um, like it's bounded. Um, but you can go to other websites, um, at the same time, different domains, and you can, you can get from them. And that's what we're doing here, but we're also getting, um, the image, which is optimized. Um, so it's going to be loading faster. And, and I would also like, given that like cloud and is like Rose and Detra is like images and also videos, it turns out, um, like it's going to be fast, right? Like, um, so you're, you're going to get that, that perf gain too. So like, that's how it works. Like if you compare this to this, like the only difference 
is um, the URL. When, and I would think in terms of how this is also set up, let's say for some reason you're bringing over your markdown to a different spot and it's not going to pull from the clonary image. You always still have the base as a backup or essentially as a fault yeah. mechanism too. So I think there's just a lot of reassurance in using a plugin like this too. Um, oh yeah, like I really, I really liked uh, like, because like, you know, when you're, you're adopting like anything new, you're like, you, you want to like cover your back just in case something yeah. goes wrong. Like the idea that like, I could just turn it off and like, it could still, like it still works. Like, um, like that was really like reassuring to me. It wasn't like I was moving all the way from here to here. And I was gonna have to like, um, like I was gonna have to do that on the ongoing basis or to make sure the thing's synced up or anything like that. I don't have to do any of that. Like it just, it works. And if for some reason, like I decide I don't want to use this anymore or something, or like, um, I can just turn it off and it will, I will still have like a mechanism that works. It's just unplugging the plug in, I guess. And one thing that I want to unpackage also is, is the concept of open graph, because I've seen oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. open graph so well with your overall mm. site and Clindary is part of that too, because mm. the way that at least it seems to me that you're doing your open graph tags, as we can see here with like the way that Facebook and Twitter and other sites are interpreting it is mm -hmm. that whatever you're defining as like your header or hero image that you have for your blog post, it's yep. going to be associating that. But if we even take a look at like, there's a, this is just a generic open graph site that's interpreting this, so opengraph.xyz, you'll see that with the meta tags that it's coming back with, saying this is how it's all working, you can see it's coming back with the cloudinary version right here with all the optimizations tied to it. So it is to say that this has lots of ancillary effects when you're not only authoring content and providing insight experience, but also when you're doing your promotions mm. and telling people that you wrote a new post or you're sharing it on Slack with coworkers or whatever it happens mm. to be. So there's a lot of benefits there too. Yeah, like I, I um, open graph was like this this mystery to me. Like for the longest time, like I I started seeing like you know you, you paste a link somewhere, this this image would appear next to it, and I was like, what is how's that happening? It's some kind of some magic, understand? Um, and it's like obviously it wasn't magic. Like there was something behind it. It turned out to be this this thing called the open graph like protocol, which I ended up like like writing about. But like significantly, it was um, like it's just like these meta tags that sit inside um sit inside um like websites and, oh. uh, and those things there like allow um like i think you you've got a phrase something browsers mini browsers like oh, micro browsers micro, micro browsers, browsers thank yeah. you um yeah it's like micro browsers like like slack and like um okay. uh, teams and and all these other things they can use this to like interrogate um like the site and they can use you to like to generate kind of like a preview of what's there so that you don't have to, so people don't actually have to like do the, like the immediate work of like clicking on something to go there, to find out what's there. They've got like some kind of like, some kind of clue that tells them like, here's what's there. And, um, like DocuSaurus had this built in, like, uh, already. So if I do again, like, stupid. here, let me stop sharing. So you can share the image down here. There you oh, go. sure. Oh, sorry. I think was it. Okay. So if I do, um, uh, inspect and if I roll up to the, uh, to the header, so inside here. You'll see, um, we're interested in OG stuff. I saw the Twitter card above if you scroll back up. Okay. Mm. And so you see where. Oh, yeah, there you go. Twitter yeah. card. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. And if I do OG image, there we go. So this, um, this property here is the thing that drives like the image that pops up. And I think there's other like meta things to say. Yes. Yeah, so the description and the title, all that kind of stuff. Um, I wanted to use, um, uh, I wanted to use the, um, uh, the, the um, I, I I wanted to do those and uh, and, and so I did. 
<laughs> Sorry, lost coherence there. I apologize. <laughs> no, but I, I, it makes sense. And, and also the way that you're replacing it, because now you're saying replace this image with one that's going to be fetched from Cloudinary. It also makes sure that that's working perfectly for the meta side of things too. So I think it's an amazing example of how to weave it all together. And one thing that I'm really inspired by, by what you've done here, John, because as we said at the very beginning, you're an open source guy. Mm-hmm. And if I go into your GitHub repos, I can literally see every single blog post, all the markdown, it's there. So if I want to do a pull request on your blog, I can. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. So it, it's, it's back to like, you know, you're picking up what you're putting down. You're, you're practicing what you preach. So, John, that's fantastic. Thank you. And another thing is, you know, you've made this Rehype Cloudinary Docusaurus plugin and it's on npm so anyone can find this mm-hmm. um so if you if you have the latest version of npm you can just install it it's that easy like that that concept will never not blow my mind but um you know part of being an open source developer like you are is you've shared this so you've weaved this all together we've just discussed it in this episode and now you've let other people use this too so you're really you're really doing the good work there john <laughs> everyone everyone should be very grateful and i know i am Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, and in, in, in to back up everything that we just said here, of course, you can always just go to your GitHub. So that's going to be github.com slash Johnny Riley, same as the domain. And you can access all of this stuff, including the Rehype plugin, and start using it on your DocuSaurus side of things. So if you are using DocuSaurus, if you're investigating Rehype, if you like Markdown, there's a lot of things that you can ultimately apply for this because it's not necessarily where the things that you've done here have to only work for DocuSaurus. It's just, it's meant for DocuSaurus purposes. There's a lot of learnings that work for other things too. It's Markdown based or Rehype based in some way. So this is exciting. This is really, really exciting. So John, final takeaways, anything else that we've talked about with the project that we maybe neglected or didn't talk about or anything you just want to summarize it in a nice, tidy way? Uh, What what, what do you got for us? Um, Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, just there's a few like um, like things that are worth plugging in like as well when you use this, like it's like uh, pre-connect, like little, little like browser cues in there that you could do and like that lets like the browser know that your your stuff is uh, uh, like um you should you should go up and you should start fetching this stuff from like from Padre like like faster than you would otherwise do like these these kind of things can like make a slight difference to like to like speed things up as well um but yeah like it, like anybody who wants to like play with this like I'd, I'd recommend like like just having a go because it's it's like it's mega easy to to use and there's like there's no commitment to it either like if you, if you don't like it you can unplug it it's um it, it's really um, it's, it's an easy on ramp and it's an easy off ramp, which is like think anything that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm attracted to things that have easy easy on ramps and easy off ramps. But you TypeScript actually back when I was like using it for the first time, like one of the attractions was that it was very easy to get started, and also you could say, "Hey, we just JavaScript, we can fail," um, and <laughs> and that that was the thing that would get people over the line. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll, I'll try it, but we could escape, we could escape. I love it. I love it so much. And so, of course, to plug your blog post, of course, everything we've covered here, plus more, is going to be found on your blog. So people hopefully, if, if they take the time to read it, to come to check out all the work you've done on DocuSaurus. And of course, as we mentioned, that's going to be at johnnyreilly.com. So, John, this has been fantastic. So thank you for being a part of the program. And we hope to see more of what you're doing, maybe some video. So I'll be excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you again. Hi, Cheers. Again. Thanks a lot. So, Jen, key takeaways. What do you feel here? We've covered a ton here, but what, what's standing out for you? Yeah, I mean, there's so much. One of the main things is how helpful developers are to other developers. You know, like, no, John didn't have somebody asking him to do this and he didn't have, you know, some company or some boss saying like, hey, you really need to optimize your site. He wanted to get that better Lighthouse score. He wanted to optimize. And even you could see at, during the podcast when something wasn't working, he said, oh, that bothers me. That bothers me about about the YouTube potential bug. And it's really, you know, a lot of the reasons people come to Cloudinary is because they just want to make things better. And and I don't know, I'm, I'm just inspired. And, and the reason he made this plugin and shared it with other people to use is because he wants to make their lives easier. He tinkered, he figured it out. He's giving everyone a solution. So kind of like a feel good episode for me, for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, lots of other lots of other takeaways. Another big one for me is um, you only know what you know. Right. So in this case, John didn't happen to know as as, you know, anybody doesn't know everything about what a, a product can offer. He didn't happen to know that we work with video. But through coming on this podcast, he found that out. Maybe he'll use that. And in the same way that through writing his blog, um, we had um, Rebecca Peltz reach out and let him know about F Auto Q Auto. Now he's using that. And that was a big thing we talked about in this blog, which we were already interested in before he was applying F Auto Q Auto. So I think, I mean, there's so many good takeaways. How about you, Sam? I, I, I'm just going to echo it. it. It makes sense. It, it, yeah. <laughs> so you did a ton of stuff here. I agree with all of it. Um, yeah. And I, I think that this has been an amazing episode for someone that is trying to create a true experience for their overall brand in a lightweight way, especially if you're migrating from some of the sources that we've mentioned at the very beginning of the program, like Blogger or other blogging software. It's a great place to be at. And as we show, Docusaurus is becoming a very, very widely used tool, um, or at least it's widely used within certain spheres. Um, so I'm excited to see if this it helps with overall adoption and with the great work that John's doing to help people to be able to see the power of all of these platforms together when it comes to content authoring and delivery. So that's exciting. Yeah, agreed. So to summarize all of this, if you want to be part of more of these podcasts that we are showing you here. Of course, they're all going to be at cloudinary.com slash podcasts. That's where you can see all previous episodes of Dev Jams. And the nice thing, of course, is that if you are a Spotify person or you're an Apple podcast person or Google, you can see all the previous episodes there. We have them all linked inside of that case. And of course, all the transcripts, all the details are happening to be right there as well. So you can follow along at your leisure. And don't forget, we also have an amazing community at community.cladinary.com. And that's where you can be a part of all the conversations that are taking place in our overall community. And if you're also a Discord person, great. We also have an associate Discord server for you to continue the conversations as well. And lastly, to help John plug his stuff, go ahead and check out Docusaurus. That's going to be at docusaurus.io. And of course, John's personal blog post with lots of great material, not just about Cloudinary, but about many things at johnnyreilly.com. So on behalf of everybody at Cloudinary, so from me and Jen to you, thank you for being a part of this Dev Jams episode, and we can't wait to see you at future ones. So take care and have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon.